Welcome to Halsey V Mark Podcast Show. And today I don't need to introduce my guest very much, but I'm going to. It's S. Fob, who is an occultist, writer, and extremely good friend of mine. And he has been one of my most popular guests. Hi, Rob. How are you today? Yeah, I feel great. Yeah, I'm nice, Rob, here. Uh, yeah, I feel fabulous. Yeah, it's been very good work lately. I'm very happy with it. Because, of course, we, worked, we did that book together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was a very um, different process of what I'm used to, but it's very helpful. It is a bit different when you're writing with other people, because basically when you do that, normally I either split the book up into bits, because I'm never writing with someone next to me, they're always somewhere else. Or, as we, as we did there, instead of doing like separate chapters, we sort of mingled it together. So we do bits and then, we, then I react off other people's bits and vice versa, you know. I think it worked okay. I think yeah, I think uh, I've tried to puppetise it as much as I physically can. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's a good book. The thing is as well is the title "Cartoon Occult Martial Arts." If you think about it, it has that weird aspect to it, but it helps people as well stay fresh. Because the problem is, I think with a lot of your martial art books is to scare people off. Because people think, oh, what if I'm not as good as this guy on the TV? What if I'm not as good as this guy down the way ever, you know? But it, it takes that away a bit, you know what I mean? People can just get involved a bit. Well, that's why we kept it simple. We kept it as basic as possible. You know, p- things that people can actually try. You know, if you don't yeah. work, fine. Yeah. You've given it a go. Yeah, well, the thing is, well, not everyone's equally as coordinated. Because a lot of these things seem to be aimed at people who are you're super coordinated people. And that's not most people, you know what I mean? I mean, even me, if I don't do certain things, I've noticed my coordination starts to go up. I noticed that when I went on holiday, I was away for quite a while. And when I came back, I thought, you know what, my coordination's gone a bit. And I never even noticed it. You know, so my entire life, I've been, I'm not realising that if I don't do things, I get uncoordinated. And I thought, you know what, I bet there's loads of people like that that don't know as well. Like, you know, I need something that they can do, you know. So I, thought, so I thought that's a good point that it's something people can do you know it'll it'll benefit a lot of people because with that aspect to it you'll get a lot of people that would otherwise be uh, unable to do any martial arts or anything at all and they can do martial arts there they're doing occultism you know and they're getting acquainted with cartoons at the same time you know it's, it'll benefit people a lot well, uh, well it benefited me in two ways because I wanted to get my cartoons out there anyway but being, I've tried to look in creating the book, and it's quite a hard process. Yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, sorry about that. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm, I was eating peanuts. I've got <laughs> Okay, I've got a bit of peanuts stuck in. But you're right, that's what I tend to think about when I do a book. I'm trying to think of the structure. You know, the structure of, of the book. Uh, not all the times I've wrote a lot of books, but the structure, how I'm going to structure it, you know, uh, because if you get that right, you tend to be better off uh, than if you're not, and the, or you tend to run out of ideas or something, uh, same as what each chapter is going to be about. If you've got an idea for each chapter, you tend to be okay as well, you know, but yeah, structure's important, it makes it a lot easier to do if you've got a structure to it, you know. If you don't, you tend to be a bit, I suppose, um, like throwing a ball up in the air, you know, like you throw it to the side of it, it goes up and yeah, then it just goes down at the end, but you haven't really thought it through, you know, but yeah. I liked your idea about, when you said about writing, 
try to think of um, ways of extending the story a little bit. Yeah, it's a good way though, you know, just like right on from where you've got. Because the trouble is, people tend to try and wrap things up a bit quickly. It's because you're trained to, you see, at school, we're all trained to write very short things, super short. And we don't realise as well that some of the best stories are just continuations of other stories. You don't actually have to have, uh, like, a, a, like the big classic beginning, middle and end, you can sort of keep lots of things happening, you know. And the longer it is, the more complicated most of them are, you know. Some of your pulp stuff isn't, but you don't have to do that sort of thing. All you have to do is to cover your ending up, so if there isn't a bridge, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've been trying to do my horror stories now. I'm, 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 I learned one, the, the trick you taught me. I, one, yeah. I wrote one called... Um, Is it true about... Um, the, basically, there's a myth and then she turns into a werewolf and he kills him in the end, anyway. But I, I drew it out. I said about what werewolves were. Is it, is it how the myth came about? Sort of draw it out and drew it out and drew it out until I got yeah. to the end bit, like you said, because I had the end in my head. Yeah. And it, it's quite a popular story, so it worked. Yeah, because that's the thing, people tend to rush through things too fast. Each segment, you know, it's easy to go, a man walks in a room, he says me, walks out again, but it's all the bits around it as well, you know? It's like splitting in the scenes, you know? Each thing becomes like a scene of its own. It's like a play, you know? You're, you're, and then the other scene, and the, because of that, it, it extends it and it makes sense, you know. Uh, but when you don't do that, the tender tends to be fast, you know. I know you're uh, writing some more. I know you're writing even some more books. I saw. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've wrote. Uh, I've tried to do a cart and occult martial arts. I thought I'll have a look at my page so I can see what's just came out. There's a lot of stuff here. I'll just click that there. I should be because there's a lot of things there. And the last one was. The one before Cartoon and the Cult Martial Arts was called, if I can bring it down. Hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll come down. Uh, I've got S. Rob in, in Victor's Book of Immortals, that one there, so I've got posted and some other ones on. Okay, I'll have to focus. I'll see if I can find it, I seem to be. That's the trouble, you produce so much, S. Rob, that it, it, it's hard to keep up with you. It is for me, yeah. It is for me quite a a bit difficult now because there's so many like I said and I'm promoting some of the older books as well on my timeline and stuff which I didn't used to do as well I said Healing Magic for All yeah. that one's out uh, also Leprechaun Murder Magic that's a good one that, that, I like the title of that that drew my that yeah. drew my attention I thought oh, I've got to read a chapter yeah. of that book it sounds really yes. fascinating there's the other one, Summoning Assassins for Magical Purposes. Yeah. Uh, and that is, a, that is a good book. It's drawing on uh, like several of your older assassins, of your older deceased assassins, uh, and using them for basically to kill, to kill basically. But it's a good book because it, this is the sort of book it's good to own, even if just so people know you own it. Do you know what I mean? You don't so get as much a bit of a pride. Yeah, look, I know yeah. what to do, mate. Yeah. Yeah, but it does, because what it does is, in reality, it'll uh, push people away. You won't get as many people cursing you if you've got a bloody big book on your shelf saying, you know, summoning assassins for magical purposes. <laughs> it just, you know, it's for most people, that's, that'll it'll do the job. They don't really need to do much else. Now, you mentioned earlier that people do muck around with curses. And as you said, they shouldn't do this because, basically, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. The thing is, as well, is that, 
most of them aren't prepared for a full counter-attack. What you tend to get is, is a lot of the occultists in the past concentrated on, how can I put it, the children's party's end of occultism, whereby they want something that looks pretty, uh, that they can show people. But curses aren't about being about looking pretty. Most of the time, you don't want uh, a curse to be known at all. Unless you want to sign your work, as it were. I sometimes do that. If it's something big, I'll, I'll do something so people know it's me if I have to. And I'll do that and I'll put music in and there'll be like, you know, dancing werewolves or something. And that's my trademark, as it were. If I, you know, if I'm getting problems and I need to sign something, I'll do a curse like that. So whatever happens, at least the person has a good time. That's my way of thinking, you know. So you'll get, like, I'll try to, I'll go on YouTube and try to find some music, you know. So I'll, I'll look at, like, Wild Cherry, play that fucking music, White Boy. I'll say, oh, maybe not, no. And I'll go for another tune and maybe go for, like, a, maybe go for a disco music. And then you, you think what demons or things you want to put in. And you say, well, you know, do I want them to dance or something? Do you want to, and I do a full bit like that, you know. So I'm, so I'm doing it. I'm actually, you know, standing up and it's going. I'm doing the same things for them to do or something. Uh, so I do that as a signature sometimes, you know, which is a bit silly in some ways, but sometimes it's the only way to get people off your back is to do a signed one, you know. <laughs> I think it was weird, but... Uh, well, I read somewhere, I, I think I read um, an article on my one of my news themes I have about the cultism in America and how it's trying to underline Donald Trump. I don't know how true that is. Like in the Victorian age, they would have embraced it. It was, yeah. The bottom line is, most of your wars that are won swiftly are done through, through, through occultism. And most of the time, what we're doing is, when we're doing something, we are backing up somebody's war most of the time, or we're fighting another war. 
fundamentally believe some point in the future we are at risk now, it's happening now, the creation of a mono species. And this is happening because basically getting people uh, breeding things with like rats, and you, you've probably seen them, these rat dogs, somebody even made a rat horse, were breeding these hybrids up and up and up. And then I won't say like, if you've even got things with people and stuff like this. We're not talking scientists here, unfortunately, uh, because that would be if you can legislate against it. What we're talking about is just people. And I found out this whole made way of doing it. They've been doing it for a long time. And the problem is that what you're getting now is, uh, at some point in time, everything could come compact together. And you'll have one mono species that is devouring itself, having sex with itself, and there'll be nothing else. There won't be anything else on the planet. Now, at the moment, I thought, I was thinking I've had that for a thousand years or a couple hundred years, but, you know, I don't know how long it is. But right now, this is, this is the risk now. The biggest risk now is these people crying out these rat hybrids. And the, they always want the, the rat to be the head part. That's what they're doing. Uh, like I said, there's actually somebody made a horse with a rat's head. And you'll be knee deep in these things before you know where you are. Well, rats are, things, rats are very clever at adapting, aren't they? Because if you do a poison to them, they breed it out of themselves. Yeah. If you set traps for them, they, can, they, they work them out because... They, they, they've been proven to be the very highly intelligent animals. Yeah. To be honest, I think the problem isn't the rats, it's the sick people that are making these hybrids. Because, look, they, when I mean they'll breed anything with them, I mean they will breed anything with them. Any damn thing, including us. You know, I want to, there's an old method, I won't say who that, what group it is, but they came with a way of doing it, I won't even mention it. And it's, it uses biology, not sex, but still. And the problem is, is simply the creation of this mono species. It doesn't matter what mono species you be reading together, you'll eventually end up with everything. And it's just, you can't do that, you know. You don't create a mono species, because if that happens, we don't win. Nobody wins, because we've basically killed ourselves off, you know. Whatever would be left wouldn't be us. Well, I find that I get strange reactions more than... I do cover a bit of UFO, as you know. And I do a little bit about aliens, not, not a lot, but I help people out a little bit. And I find sometimes I get little bits of interference for no reason. Or things yeah, happen, I'm thinking, what's this about? Yeah. I think, oh, is it because I'm putting down about aliens and they don't want me to do it? Yeah, I know, it's, it is crazy. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, at the moment, though, and that's the lucky thing, is that UFOs aren't linked to uh, any of these other stuff because if it did you'd find ufolo ufologists going through customs and going through well how we've been doing this because it's not actually going through customs the problem it's when you're in the country because what you've got then is it just goes all apeshit it's like going through the crystal maze it is it's like it is it's like you go through and you're in the crystal maze all of a sudden you know you know you end up mixing your own poison up and those what all these stupid what? things and then you finally get back again it's quite interesting actually you know it, it, funnily enough you know it's better than a health farm because you end up like getting fitter and you lose weight, you know, I would recommend it from that point of view, but it does have unpleasant aspects to it, but it is just like the crystal maze, you know, uh, and it'll basically be any of your public occultists, you know, at the moment, you know, you go through somewhere, it's just like the crystal maze, you've got these puzzles to solve, you know, and it's amazing how many hotels, you know, Mark, basically controlled by government or things like that, you know, it seems like they all seem to be. You know, I think Amsterdam, I think they all are. All, everything seems to be controlled like that. Oh, it's but more controlled know. than we like to care to think we are. We, yeah, we, 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 we think we they don't know us, but they do. I mean, 
we all, uh, although people don't admit it, and I, but I do admit it. I'm a, a great. I like routines. I I, I admit yeah, it. I, Everybody does, but they don't. But once that routine is broken, and they know this, people they they know that yeah. they, they broke they, you'll break their routine. They know they can fuck you up. that's come out recently the, um, did you hear that but the um, no. it's, it's similar to um, the chicken flu bird flu it can wipe out the horses yeah oh Jesus that's terrible isn't it I mean they're going to lose yeah. billions of money in the horse racing if they can't sort it out I know you're right, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Do you really want horses galloping around with rats' head on and stuff? Because no, rats are really. vicious bitches. They'll bite you, you know? Think about this. The reckon in New York, there's rats devouring people's genitals, taking humans out of the reproduction game by eating things. Now, imagine what that's going to be like if you've got bloody horses and things the size of Dalmatians running around. But you have. You know? Jesus. I mean, that's... Yeah. Well, I'm a great believer that, that I do think... That they have, like you said, I think they've got, I think they've recreated human clones and they haven't told us. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, do you know what the thing is, though? I think all you've got to do to verify that is to go to certain parts of the world. If you go anywhere where they have illegal operations, which is supposed to be like South America, anywhere in South America, and you go into the main cities, hell, it's amazing how many people you see look alike. There's obviously certain models that they think, oh, he's good. He's very good. He makes a great one of those, and so they're cranking out more of them. Because you're looking around corners, it wouldn't be that guy, there's another one, another one. Now, let's be honest, we're all a bit more sophisticated now than the CR they all look alike, because they don't. We're used to different races and things all the time in this country, you know. We can tell the difference. And when you're seeing the same damn person again and again and again, it's obvious they are cranking out hype there, sorry, they are cranking out clones. And I, I bet if you went to Mexico and you'd, you'd probably find it. I think it'd be the same if you went to Venezuela and God knows where in Cuba. You know, it's, that's what's happening, isn't it? You know, uh, that's what they're doing. You know, they're uh, they're literally, you know, cranking out clones. Well, I don't believe it. I, I honestly, I know people are going to say, "Don't be stupid. That was the Nazis' idea." Well, actually, it was way before the Nazis even thought of it. Yeah. But the thing is that even if it was the Nazis were first, it doesn't stop it being real. That verifies it really because uh, it had a lot of other stuff that doesn't come out a lot of things doesn't make it to the internet you know uh, like when I was on holiday in Brazil I actually found uh, I swear to God a space embassy and I thought and I went in and they said oh this is an alien embassy I thought well I'll have a look in I'll talk with them didn't really get in I didn't think I'd get, I'd get in as such but I thought I mean the only people on the door were like at a desk well, like humans, I thought, but it doesn't look like an embassy, it looked more like a shopping precinct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And not to it looked just like this big white shiny shopping precinct. Now, that, there isn't supposed to be any space embassy in, in the world. There's not supposed to be anyone for aliens. And yet, I was in one, I managed to get me way in one. You know, which uh, was obviously a bit weird. And I thought, well, may, I thought maybe it's some sort of like Brazilian government thing. I thought, well, I don't care, I'm going to have a look anyway. I mean, how many times do you get to see an alien embassy? You don't, do you? No, we don't. You I know? mean, go for it. No, we don't, no. 
It's the same as this thing. Same as this Zika thing. This is a load of crap. Because I came back and I don't have any Zika virus or anything like that. And it's pretty obvious what this is. It's just the fact that you're getting these deformed children that want an excuse. Because, whereas in this country, we never really let people in that have very small heads. If you look back, there is some African tribes where they have incredibly small heads. And they don't normally make it to this country. But they do make it to other countries. So when you've got these countries that have had, uh, you know, multiculturalism going back such a long time, you're bound to have occasionally when these kids get born with these small heads because they've got the DNA in the country, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's already yeah. there. Because it's and obviously look, from a tribe somewhere in the Amazon. Because yeah. there's still tribes out there now that they yeah. haven't found. Yeah, but the thing is, though, so what, they've got little weenie heads, you know what? We've got people with one-eyed hunchbacks. We've got all sorts of people who have slight deformations and none of us are perfect. I mean, how many people have you seen old men with club feet and things like this? It's just part of life, you know? Okay, maybe if they've got like a head, if they've got no forward, they're completely flat. But you don't know. There might be some of them are geniuses and it's just that that's the way they look. I don't think people are worried about these kids doing badly. What they're worried about is what they do with the ones that do well. Exactly. You know? They don't. They don't. They don't like you being intelligent these days. If you show any sign of um, rebellion against the the norm, as they call it, whatever the norm is, they do. They do. People do chastise you a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. What do they do with the ones that do well? Because you know things being the way it is, you're like some of these kids uh, under normal circumstances. Well, with a good enough IQ that would get degrees is one of them would probably end up with wanting to get a doctorate or be able to and you know like Professor so-and-so sitting there with no forehead with a little, with a little flat head you know with, with basically no height or anything just straight from the eyes and but you know that's reality that's life you can't say well he or she isn't allowed because they don't look right well you know that's that's how I follow we can't manage to compete with these kids or some people can't that's their problem the way I look at it you know well I still find that when they go on about isms, it's not my favourite word, but they, 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 I understand about the the um, the uh, coloured people getting a lot of trouble. Hassle, I can understand that, but I I look at it this way: I get a lot of hassle because of my disability. My wife gets a lot of hassle because of her weight. You know, she's always constantly on about her weight. They're on about her weight all the time, and she got to one stage she didn't want to eat. got a horror story I'm trying to write at the moment about fashion I've, I've got a good ending for it and I've got an idea how to twist their how they do their shows you know when they go do these very elaborate shows yeah. all the bizarre and wonderful 
stuff, I thought, hmm, I can change that around a bit. Yeah, it's a good idea, yeah. It's all about how you do it, isn't it? It's all a matter of, you know, how you execute it, yeah. But yeah, that's the, that's the thing, but there is a lot of this, isn't it? The whole idea that, in some ways, it's like literature's became the only place where you can express anything weird at all, you know, books or video, or literature, you know, fiction, it's the only place you can express it, and even then it seems that people want to limit it. Um, they want to reduce everything down so far, where you've got this world where everything's just going to be compacted down and there's nothing there anymore, you know. Uh, well, that's why I like you know, to put books on, like, yourself and other people. I like to put different people on, that say, look, here, this is what's available, you don't have to buy it, but, hey, I recommend it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. It's, you know, it's bringing things forward because there's that much stuff being edited out that people don't see, you know. Like, if I were to ask you now, and you, I would ask you, whether you, whether there is not reasons to change your race, you would say, ah, it doesn't exist. But it does. I, you know, well, I would believe it, there's, yes. There is, a, there's a, it's either done one or two ways. The, what they say is, is that there's this stuff that <coughs> they can literally spray on which never comes off. Well, you were saying that there was a picture of an actress on the telly, right? Uh, it was saying how they looked different. Now, one photo, she was completely white. Another photo, she's almost completely black. And it's the same person. I'm thinking, how is that possible? Yeah. Well, I think the reason why that isn't... Isn't discussed a lot in this country is because it really screws things up. The idea that someone can have their race changed either through genetic manipulation or through getting a paint job is, to a lot of people, is just offensive because it because it really screws it all up. Because you'll get some people will have the right culture, they'll, they'll be in the right places, you know, they'll, all the friends will be of that group, they'll look right, <clears throat> and then what do you do? It, it sort of buggers up this race argument straight away because if you can change race, that means it's no different to having a haircut or getting your hair dyed. That's what it really means. It's, it's nothing, you know. And it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? We're all supposed to think how soccer sack race is. It's going to be this and it's that. And people have to, you know, suck in things like how terrible this was that happened to this group. And it normally isn't that group at all, you know. And Everybody yes, in history has mistreated somebody at one point. Everywhere. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's like if you look at the whole thing about, uh, like, the Jews went through the, Moses t he took these Jews through the desert, and they're originally slaves and all this, but that's only one depiction. In reality, many people believe they were the Aten. Now, the Aten are a group that are black, and they're actually, or they're black now, they were at the time. And what they actually are is they're generally thought to be, uh, many would say, a group which has mind reading ability, as in they can predict people what people are thinking. Uh, and and they were the actual original group. So what you've done is they basically took these groups in, other ones through the desert have been put in, and then you've cranked out several groups. See, the, the original Athens probably came out one in, because they're still there, probably in, in an improved form, because I suspect at first they were mostly mind-reading, without any intelligence. I think they were, actually, they were bred for slavery only. So they got an improved improvement. And then what you've got then is you've then got... On top of that, you've then had, uh, you know, one group's probably probably only bred in with themselves, and they're being the ones that have been, uh, the new ones came in, they just cracked them out again, and they probably became your Catholics, and some of them just went back and became nomads, and you've probably got your ones who became the Jews, are probably a different group altogether, you know, uh, 
you know, you, there would be your orthodox Jews and they were just some combination that came out a certain way. Uh, so all this thing, and they're very attached, people are very attached to this whole concept, but it wasn't, if you look at the actual depiction of the Aten, although it means birth, it's actually, you're looking at people who are in Ghana. You know, so all this thing about Israel, all have to get this group, they weren't, by that thing, the Ghanaians should have it, the people from Ghana. But that's only one idea. They're also supposed to be in Jamaica and things like that, you know. They're not very well talked about. But it means that this whole thing is based around quite possibly a falsehood. What it looks like when you take it from this perspective is that someone's cranked out of a fake religion. What someone's done a long time ago is they've looked at the very old books and they said, okay, how do we build on that? And they thought, well, if we put a couple of books with it, We've got that original, it looks like it's much older than it is. So somebody's cranked out of religion, Moses cranked out of religion to make it look like it predates him. Uh, and, and, you know, what you've actually had is, is this other group that were just, that he took in to try and improve them. Because you realise you can't leave them as they are, because they're dangerous. You know, it's, it's just, if you imagine this, Mark. Imagine you have a group that is mind readers, but without really any free will or intelligence. Now imagine that you move in and say, oh, they're lovely, these people, I can't bear to leave them. They'll react to it, they'll just go, hey, we're going to kidnap them. And then you've got an army of the buggers of a thousand people, you know. Imagine that, you see, and we go to war, like off, like off uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, that's what they do, they just go, hey, because they're just reading your mind. You have a thousand of them in one block with intelligence, and that's it, you've got an army. So it'd be so dangerous. So, you know, going, if you believe these accounts happened, some guy anyway, whether he's called Moses, and he's went and he's thought, you know what, we're going to have to make these intelligent. So we thought, we'll keep moving through the desert, we'll pick up some intelligent people, we'll improve this, the stock a bit, so we'll kick them out the other end, and whether, whether they still can read minds is not important. At that point, we at least won't have them just gathering together and just, way and reacting off people. You know? No, I, I, as you say, you just... It just baffles me because a lot of it goes back to all like the, the the racist bit goes all the way back to slavery. I can understand why they didn't like the slavery bit. I I can understand that. I wouldn't like to be torn away from my country and taken away to somewhere foreign land. But yeah, I think it, it's just think it's, it's gone too far now. I think it should be like forgotten and forgiven. You know. I believe that as well. I just think the thing is, if you look back at history. Every group is being taken a slave at some point in time, every group. Because it was common in the ancient world. If you look at Ulysses, you know, he, he mentions, oh, he goes past uh, a fishing port and it's poorly defended. It was fair game to go past a fishing port that wasn't defended and to kidnap some of the people and sell them as slaves. It was fair game. It happened all the time to every single group. It was common in the ancient world. <clears throat> the reason it shouldn't happen now is because we're civilised. We have become more civilised than we were. So we should hold ourselves to higher standards. But there's nothing unique about it. You know, it goes right the way back. You could probably find something bad, similar to that, that's happened in every family line, if it could go back far enough. There's bound to be an aunt and an uncle or something that's been kidnapped and never let out. We could do the same to the Norsemen, couldn't we? And the Swedes, because yeah. they come over and kidnap us. We could say, right, well, stop, we don't like you. Exactly, yeah, it's just, it, it's always happened, you know. What we should do is we should concentrate on stamping these things out now. We don't have the time to worry about what, what happened to or who it happened to in the past. We need to think about right now. Because my feeling is, it still exists, there's still slavery. You know, there's, still, there's bound to be people still held away in the years. I mean, there's some places that hasn't been long outlawed. And we know there's places in the desert where they're holding people and all types of things. 
So what we need to do is, is simply, you know, get rid of it uh, in the modern world. Get rid of it now. We, we can't afford to mess around and think about, you know, if this group thinks it was bad or this group because it's still here. You know, there's a lot less of it, but we need to get rid of it. It's things like starvation, things like that. We need to get rid of that as well, you know. It's no good getting misty-eyed and apologising about the past. We've got to get rid of this stuff now. Could you sort out Brexit? Well, I think I've managed that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, politics has always been under our control. You can, you can sort of influence them a bit. But the thing is, politics are so twisted and dishonest that anything you do could go on your way. So if you say, you know, you put a message into, into somebody or influence somebody to do a certain way, if that's a politician, it'll come out wrong because if they're bent and twisted do it and they really say, ah, oh, we're doing this to make things more prosperous and you say to go for the money, they could take the bribe, you know. For that bent and twisted that, you know, everything could come out anyway at all, they're very difficult to control because they're always just after themselves. Oh, it's just so crazy, crazy. It's like playground stuff now. It is, yeah. It's just gone crazy, hands, you know. But it's all this idea somehow that uh, the idea that oh, we can get all these people together with all different languages and it'll work out. How the hell's it going to work out? Nobody can communicate properly. Everything was translated into this language and this language and this language. <coughs> you know. Well, I think you probably come. You've obviously experienced it yourself. You go to a different country. You try to integrate with the language, obviously, now and again. But you may say a phrase, phrase it in a different way to the way they phrase it. They might go, they, what did you say? What did you say that for? Yeah, well, my experience is a little bit different. Because the last time I went abroad, I practically only hit the ground when I was kidnapped. Unfortunately, because I was cursed, I was that ill at the time, I couldn't, like... I thought, I can't fight me out of this. So I had to literally use your mind control abilities to get out of it. It was, it was the, someone actually designed a hotel that wasn't the hotel. The second, so you go in, it's funny now. You go into the lift and you press the second floor. You go, oh, it's fine. You come back down again, you pay. When you go back up again, it's a different floor. You're literally kidnapped. So I thought, so I was ripping the bloody, uh, the fuse out of this box. And then so they the realised that the damage you're doing, so you're downstairs. And I basically just used uh, my mind control techniques and stuff like that. But, you know, so my experience is a bit different, Mark. You know, like I said, I go anywhere. It's like the crystal maze now. It's gone crazy. You know? <laughs> it is, yeah. I don't know you. I mean, you don't. No, but it's actually quite fun once you get a certain point. You, get into it because you go in a direction, you don't know where the hell you're going. You're just looking for transport. Now, at this point, all they're seeing is this pasty white mad Englishman. So they're not having anything, any help from anybody. And you go your way back. But you, you see a lot of things when you do that way. When you go that way, you see loads of stuff. Like I said, I saw an alien embassy, which was literally an alien embassy. Didn't get to see the aliens. They were all human, but it was interesting. Uh, you know, got to see loads of things. Got the, order, got the people to open up a load of shops because people were literally dying of the bloody cold. So I would take the time, I thought, how do I do this? I'm going to bloody die here. Because at the time, finding a hotel is difficult when you've just, when you've just basically went on the run from God knows who, from, from an uh, official organisation because they basically uh, want to round up a cultist or that want to, uh, God knows what, God knows what the reason is. Uh, but it is because then you, you can't transfer hotels. See, so you then think, man, this is bloody cold. And the other people, funny enough, are just lying there. I'm thinking, what are they lying there for? They're going to die of hypothermia. Because it was at night, and this one night was very cold, so I thought, oh, book of this. 
uh, was that last time or the time before? I can't remember which one this was in anyway. So I thought Charlton Heston. I thought, they've all seen the bloody Charlton Heston movies. I thought, well, I have to do. If I do Charlton Heston long enough, they'll open these buggers up. And they did. I managed to get them all opened up. Well, like four of them anyway, then five, you know. But the workers first wouldn't let me in. They thought I had trouble making him. I'm thinking, well, I got them open, you know. So they should go up to the shopkeepers in, they're opening them up, and eventually I'm drinking something in this place. I'm thinking, yeah, this isn't bad, you know. I'm thinking, you know, you could do this anywhere, really. Anywhere where you've got shops owned by actual people, you could just do that, you know. So I've learned that. All you have to do is Charlton Heston. You've got to think Charlton Heston. You know, well, these big films with big movements and everything, you know. That's what you need to think. You do that long enough, you open things up. I like talking to you because I've learned more about occultism than I ever knew in the first place. And people say, well, well, you shouldn't mix it. I said, I, I said, look, it's like everything. It's good and bad and everything. Really, yeah. You cannot stop it. You know, but I only talk to the people I know and trust about it. There's certain people I would not talk to about because, as you yes. say, you've got to be wary of them. You do, yeah. You have to be wary, yeah. But I thought it was... Uh, but it's amazing, though. And you know what you find? Priests are really arseholes. Priests, doesn't matter where you go. Because you're there and you think, OK, I'm not going to mention your cult. I'm thinking, priests will probably direct you somewhere. The bloody won't. You realise that most of the world's priests, you, think, you can't trust them at all. They won't help them in the slightest. So I thought, that's no good. But it didn't take that long. Because I you know, carry a bit of weight. And I'm quite lucky like that for some reason. I can go three days without sleep. So I can just walk, I'm just padding along slowly, you know, and you eventually, you get, like, I think it was a policeman who gave us a lift back, and then you, uh, you know, you round a bit, but it was interesting, though, you know. Uh, but it was fascinating, because a lot of the the taxis, some of them were okay, but some of them, like I said, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting enough, you know, because when you, at first you're lost, you got no idea, and then slowly you sort of, because all I was looking at, you see, was a way back. You know, was it like a was a taxi or something? I've got a chance one of those, you know, uh, somewhere. But uh, but it was a bit strange, I must admit. But it was fascinating once you get into it. You know, it is. It was great. It's like when I was in Amsterdam. I was only there four days. Like I just felt like I thought I'm not going to. I thought well, I feel something would go wrong there, so I did like two days a day then back. So I was in it two or three days or something. I don't know if it was because I'm not good with languages, I see, Mark. So everywhere just blurs together. <laughs> To wherever you can go. They point the things yeah. you go. Bread. Yeah. Milk. Yeah. Water. <laughs> yeah, so and that was an odd one as well. It's like, it's like the crystal maze. And you go in this hotel, you think, and this isn't right. So this, this guy, and he's, he's saying, it is true this, he says, everyone who isn't an alien, put your hands up. I'm thinking, come on, I'm supposed to believe aliens are not human, but all look exactly, I'm thinking, come on, I've had enough of this, like some government joke, I'm fair enough. But they actually tried to like put this cream to freeze my finger, you know, that stuff that women use inside them. I was obviously supposed to put it on the face, but I didn't. But then it went back again, so I've got this little, like a slight notch on the finger. But it did, you get the crystal maze to end, because then, straight away, uh, you know, literally there was smoke coming out of the walls. I'm thinking, this is bad, I thought. So I'm going to, uh, obviously. And, you know, the doors, you know, them little doors with the slidey cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swishy ones. Well, I, I worked this out. That they weren't actually opening the doors up. There was a camera, and they were opening the doors up. I thought, yeah, so not all these doors are going to open. So I got my way out, and of course, at that point, they're going, they're basically, 
shut all the, all, the, all the hotels you can't get in. I thought, yeah, so I've seen that before. Like. And so you're going around the things, and I thought, so I just, I just spent the time walking around. You know, I spent the night walking, because I hadn't seen the dark quite well, because of photo sensitivity. So I just spent the time walking around Amsterdam. Funny enough, it's not too bad if you stay on the hoof. Because by that time, you start to smell a bit bad, and just leave you alone. So I'm just walking around, you know. Uh, and then the next morning you're all right, you know, but it's a crazy bloody thing. But yeah, the Crystal Maze tour, you know. There's no good man me, I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to Russia. I'm not going there. I'm not getting the Crystal Maze tour in Russia. No, you may, here. You may never here. come back from Russia. <laughs> I wouldn't, no. I'm staying here, I'm staying in this country. It's, it's bad enough over here sometimes. You, I know you said sometimes you, you have been followed. I have, yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, it was crazy, that. But that was weird, though. Uh, and then you, the thing is, you get tuned in, because I've seen all these crazy, you're looking around, you think, and you can see this whole scene scenario, and they're bringing them in, I'm thinking, this is insane. You know, so Amsterdam is a pretty crazy place, that whole lot is controlled. All this thing about, oh, you can take drugs in Amsterdam, yeah, they do that because they want deniability, because they're doing something else. God knows what it is. You know. Uh, but it was, it was, it was pretty weird, you know. The I think it's more controlled than it nice. used to be. I don't think they're so yeah. liberal as they used to be over there. Yeah, the food was nice, man, in the hotel. It was nice food. The food was nice. The room was quite nice. It was just the fact that the sort of, uh, you know, the weird sort of things about the story every bit. And, you know, and they're putting poison gas in and all. That was a bit weird. If they'd got rid of the poison gas, I would, and I'd just left it. Because the food was really nice. But, you know... So what's, what, how, what thoughts have you got for newer books in your head? Well, at the moment I'm doing the one Hungarian uh, reality altering. Because I thought, I'll, I'll avoid using the word magic, I've used that a lot. And it's just using these Hungarian entities to alter the future so you have like a different future than you would have had. Oh, I like that concept. Yeah. So it's an interesting idea concept, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing that one at the moment. Shouldn't be too long before that one's out. Uh, so I've got a few ideas, you know. There's actually something I was trying to do, and I never really got around to it fully, and that's like using another you know, cups and balls trick. You might have seen buskers do, we got three cups and some balls. And yeah, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. So I was, trying, yeah, I was trying to do that and fuse that with occultism somehow. I so think I'm it's one of the oldest con tricks out there, I think it is, I'm not too yeah. sure about that. It is one of the oldest magic tricks, yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to get that one sorted out. I'm trying to use normal cups and I haven't had any time to perfect that, so that'll probably take a while before I get that in. And then I'll do that as a as an occult book, probably a series of books. You know? How's your escapism coming along? Are you still doing it? What was that? You, how you do? Do you still do your occult escapism? I still do it. Yeah, I mean, I do it. It's special times. I do it when I when I need certain effects and things like that. But yeah, I still do it. Yeah, I still practice with the cuffs and stuff like that. You know. Uh, the thing is that I've got with that is I'm going to have to scale up at some point, but it's getting events. Because the ideal thing is that you need an event or something around it. Uh, you know, and the rituals are quite short, but it's, that's the idea. I'll probably have, some, have to arrange something at some point, yeah. But uh, but it is fascinating, though. It is. It's a, it's a good area, that. They're like, you know, fusing those together. Because you've got the escape idea and you've got the occultism together and they work well. Because I see occultism as about power. And I see uh, escape as about freedom, which is a similar thing. You can't really have power if you're not free. 
So they're complementary concepts. You put them together and they make perfect sense. Uh, I really like know. that idea. And I like the fact when you told me originally that it's very popular in the States as well. It is, yeah. It, it is getting much more over there, yeah. Uh, you know, the magazine that it's sometimes in is in over there. In fact, I normally get a mention in the magazine. Uh, I can't mention the name of the magazine because it's just for Ask Apologists. But it is, it, it's getting traction, that idea. It's The books are in the Magic Cast, and about 10 or 11 of them on occult escapology are in the Magic Cast, which is a very prestigious place. It's a place for performing magicians, performers. And it is uh, very big. They've got a like, performing venue, and they've got a great big library and stuff like that. So it's, being in there is a very big thing. It's an LA. So that must be uh, quite a big honour when you, that happened to you. It was, yeah. I mean, look, there can't be any other occult books in there. And, you know, it's not like a magician normally gets the books in there. Yes, a lot of books don't get, get into there. So getting in there is a very good thing. It's a very big honour. It really is, yeah. We obviously know that you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? I'm not being insulted or anything like that. But you talk to some yeah. people, they say they know, they know something, and you're gradually talking to them and you're thinking, you're just bullshitting this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. But to be honest, though, that's how people get in a lot of the time, when it, in, especially in occultism, because there's no way of starting it. See, unless you've got a lineage of occultism, you first start off when you're doing either sighted reads or you're doing mind, body and spirit phase. And there's no way of getting started otherwise than to do things for your friends and get going. So, it's actually, so that's how, to be honest, Mark, yes, but that's how to start. There's no other road in for people for most of the time. If you want to do it professionally, you, there's no road in for them, so they just have to go. And they just have to go and get started and they get some tarot cards and they do the things. I mean, I've wrote some books that help people prepare because there's just no road in. Well, I, I, I've mentioned your name before to try and help you out to get on other shows, but the minute I say yeah. you're an occultist, they go, mm, not too sure about mine. <laughs> yeah, it, I know it's it's got a bad image. It has. And I don't know why, I really don't. You know, most of it's about helping people. And most of the other parts are about people protecting themselves. Well, I tell them, the I tell them straight, you, bones, you know? you're, you're a very intelligent guy, you wouldn't do anything that anybody you felt uncomfortable about if you there was a subject they didn't want you to talk about you wouldn't do it that's right yeah that's right you know it's 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 weird because you have people who love guns oh, guns are great guns are fabulous but you mentioned occultism it's oh no I can't have occultism but I mean occultism heals people you know what do you do Mark if you're in a situation there's no doctors or the medicine's no damn good but just be honest you know it's an uncommon situation nowadays what do you do if you've got a cultism, you've got something, you can heal yourself. You know, I'm not saying, yes, you're going to be perfect, or it's going to sort everything out, but it can keep you going. You know? Exactly. Uh, well, it's like yeah. we, we, people more and more now, doctors recommend alternative med medical, along with the proper medicine, as they say. But it's not as if it's not been around. Like, you've got um, Chinese medicine has been around way before we even thought about medicine. Yeah. You've got herbal medicine... <laughs> It was way back before even that. <laughs> yeah, because originally it was all linked together. I mean, if you look at the ancient Egyptians, you had occultism and medicine all together at the same time. And it worked well. See, it's the idea you have to separate stuff out. Because unfortunately, medicines just became about selling stuff. It just became about selling tablets. 
that's all it is. It's just became about selling tablets and this and that, and that's all it became about. It's just about selling tablets and crap to people, you know. And they know it is. They're putting people on stuff they don't need, you know. I mean, it's getting embarrassing now. You get people who have been put on things for no reason, you know. You look at you think that person was okay that didn't need this. Oh, no, we have to put this in. And it's just about getting their really drug quarter. That's all it is, because they're thinking, how much do I get paid for selling these drugs? And they think, well, if we can get this people hooked on this, and we can get this old lady on these tablets, by God, we'll make some money. Yeah, I know what you mean, because <laughs> when we've had tablets we've had to give back, we go up to the chemist and say, oh, oh you can reuse they? Oh, no. They just throw them away. Perfectly good tablets. And because we can't yeah. use them anymore, it's only because it's got our name on it, they have to throw it away. Those, those tablets could have been took the name off and said, all right, we can't use them in this country, but we'll take them to Africa, where, you know, the people over there can take them. You're right. You know, you're right. I mean, if you could just mash them down, if they weren't want to use them as they were, and you thought, well, so they might put some poison, you just mash them down. And when you mash them down, you basically then, you've reduced any bad stuff to such a small amount, they'd be perfect for them, because at least they've got a treatment, you know. Uh, but you're right, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's waste. And it's the whole concept, we've got to keep everyone on something. But people need certain things sometimes, but not everyone needs everything. Not everyone needs something, that, you know. They need to be thinking of trying to strengthen people's immune system to help people out a bit. Uh, you know, so, it, it, it's just the way they went too far. I think you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not against medicine at all, it's just they went going too far. But when you look at these, the recent antibiotics, uh, superbugs, there's nothing new. We've known for years that bugs maintain because that's what they do. They, right, yeah. I mean, all that is, uh, superbugs, is just because they're not cleaning the places properly. That's all it is. They're just not cleaning the hospitals. And so you get people getting infections. you got people dying because they went to the hospital. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's just a disgrace. It is. I mean, you shouldn't die because you go to the hospital. It's getting to the point now where I think a lot of people are thinking, if this isn't fatal, I won't risk it. Because they're thinking, if I go and I get an operation, what if I get a superbug? You know, and that's not right. People shouldn't have to think about what happens if I get this thing, if I get, you know, if, if I end up getting myself, you know, they're dying, you know, or something because of a, because of a, a nasty superbug. Because let's be honest, if, they, if bugs can get there, that means that anyone can, can just walk into the places. Because they're obviously not secure. Because my feeling is if they can't clean some place up, then the security will be bad, that the hospital equipment will be badly maintained, people will be badly trained, the whole thing will go. Because let's be honest, Mark, putting a mop around the floor is not that tricky. So if they can't keep it somewhere clean, you know, clean enough not to have bugs and stuff like that and viruses all over the place, then they can't do anything else. That's my feeling about the day. They need to, you know, they need to fix it. I quite agree. There's so many things we could sort out, Mr. Rob. So many things. We wouldn't have yes, enough right. time. We wouldn't have enough time on our earthly time on this planet to sort it out. No, but we can try. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, we need to. But actually, how do you how do you tell nurses and people to get a mop out? Because it's, they should know that, or the cleaners should know. But it's just who knows. You know, I think that's, that's, I think that's a good message, actually, because you think about it, maybe the most important thing with cartoon occult martial arts is the doing of it. Because if you think about it, if you do it, 
it'll keep you a bit fitter, and then you're less likely to get ill. And that's probably the best. That's well, probably the best people uh, get uh, The hardest thing in the world is to stop, as you know yourself, and I'll admit it, it's getting started when you want to do something. Your mindset's got to be into it. If you can clear your mind and say to yourself, I'm going to do something today, you know it's going to be difficult. You know it's going to push you a bit. But you don't have to go mad or silly. You no, know, you don't, know. Do, like I say, do a bit of like, like boxing or jogging on the spot or yeah. some small weights. You don't have to go out and join the gym if you don't want to. You know, the thing is, well, I think there's too much, uh, people saying I have to do so many times a week. I think a lot of people vary. Because I think some people's bodies need once a week and that's all they can do. And I think some people can do the bugger every day. I think some people could crank everything out every single day and they'd be fine. And I think it varies depending on the person. And it's like, like, a, like a cookie cutter. I think people need a certain amount of, you know, uh, leeway. They need to be told, well, you know, you get to choose how much you want to do. Because there's, there's just some things, you look at some of the things online, like if you look at, I mean I don't do bodybuilding, but if you look at the bodybuilding things online, you think, this is insane, I'm not going to think I couldn't do that, it would kill me. And the bottom line is it would kill most people. So, you know, they've, they've got to give people flexibility, haven't they really, you know. What can they, you do? They, they've, they, they've achieved that body online because they, yes they do exercise, but they've obviously had illegal substances pointed in their body yeah. and makes them a lot bigger yeah. than they normally would be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, people do vary in the testosterone, though. People do get different amounts. But you're right, that's the thing. It's just, there's, there's certain things you can't do, you know. I mean, my body seems to be best if it does it once a week. Because what I do is I do, like, once a week, sometimes twice, but normally once. And I, I just live my life the rest of the time, the normal everyday life. And if I do that, I'm fine. Now, if I do everything every day, or I'm doing something three times a week, it doesn't take long before my body starts to feel a bit worn out. And I think it's down to the fact I spent years just doing once a week. So my body's used to a once a week exercise. It's adapted to once a week. You know, because uh, some people will say, oh, you have to do it every day, and it's just, I don't know how to do it. I don't, oh, I so do it if, if it helps you, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, doing it, something is better than doing nothing. It's like your brain. You need to rest your brain now and again. Because if you're anything yeah. like me, you'll suddenly wake up like four o'clock in the morning going, oh, I've got an idea. That's right, yeah, you do. People need to, people need permission to do things, uh, you know, at their amount and their pace. You know, I don't believe in this thing. Everyone's got to uh, do everything or learn everything at the same speed and like, exercise. You can't. People are, people are different, you know. Uh, and that's a good thing as well. Like I said, can't do the cult martial arts. It's got that element where people will do what they can. They'll do it. And it's like I said, people can do that. But the same extent, there's not the expectation that they have to fit, uh, that they have to get themselves a black belt in it. You know what I mean? They don't have to. They're, no, they're just, no, no. Because they just to learn it. Well, yeah. I mean, I do karate because I like doing it, but it's yeah. hard work. It's. I'm not going to say it's easy for anybody's sake. It is bloody hard work. And you've got to be prepared if you're going to do the, the we do like um, a fighting kind of style. So you have to yeah, be prepared so to, have to get, get hit. And if you get hit, it bloody hurts. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. The thing is, all you see is that again, it's about <coughs> commitment. But also, I think, you know, what we've done is, Mark, is we've recognised that the vast bulk of people who are doing any martial art in any country in the world are not going to a dojo. 
most of the people are trying to learn things on their own or in small groups. So you may get a couple of brothers or, or, or a few friends or some people who do it on their own. You know, most of the stuff is done by people just doing things from books and videos. You know, yeah, because the they, they can't afford to go or they think, oh, that I've seen that, that works. But like you say, we've broken it down to the more effective, they're easy to do effective ones. I mean, like the simple stamp on the foot that I, they've explained. People say, oh yeah, I don't do effect. I know, if you do it right, you can break someone's foot. Have you ever tried to walk with a broken foot? No. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? But the thing is, as well, is it tends to be about, uh, it's, it's a whole idea that people sort of get sucked in the idea, that's the thing, you've got to get a black belt, you've got to do this. And I know people like to achieve certain goals, but I sometimes have the idea of people just sort of wandering, doing their own thing, you know? It's like, it's the same with, like, Kung Fu. It looks like it, all these styles are sort of dying off with this mixed martial arts stuff. But it hasn't, because if you look at it, there's loads of people bought these books in the past. But you can't get them now, you know, the ones with all the forms in. Yeah, yeah, I know the ones, yeah. The, it seems to got rid of those, you can't get those now because people were doing too well with the forms. There was at least one thing where you're getting people beaten up at, at bus stops because you were getting uh, these kung fu people who were convinced they were going to beat this guy for buying this book, uh, you know, who bought this book and he'd already learned them forms and he beat them up. And they didn't like it, you know. And so they thought, well, we can't give them that. Because originally they were trying to hold back the secret message. And now they're saying, we're holding back everything. We're not giving them anything. We're not giving them them forms that they used to give them. Well, uh, as you say, it's all got mixed martial arts now, which I think is only effective to a certain standard. But yeah. it doesn't work if you're in, in, um, in a very enclosed environment. And you can't, and you can't, can't get out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just all kicks, isn't it? And the other bit's grappling. So as soon as they go to the ground, what do you do then? If I've got a knife, you've got a problem. But all your wrestling's based on pinning. Well, that doesn't really help, does it? If you pin a guy to the ground, what do you do when you let go and you get up? He gets up. Exactly. You know? It, it's very ineffective in that method, yeah. I mean, you know, nowadays, because we know if you go to London, you may get a chance that someone may knife you. Yeah. So the simplest thing is, if someone's got a knife and you can grab anything as a weapon, a chair, a bin, anything, chuck it at them. And then yeah. people say, ooh, ooh. I say, well, they got a knife. They're going to hurt you. You're right, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, basically, they've got a weapon. You've got to do whatever the hell you have to do, you know? I mean, if you can run away or you can go into a shop so they can't get you, do it. But sometimes you can't do these things. Sometimes you physically are in a in a situation you cannot walk away from. It's right, yeah. I mean, like when I was in that situation, that's the trouble. It was a bloody curse. I was that bad. I couldn't even walk or sit. So I had to use your mind to get out of it, which I did. I was lucky. To be honest, if I'd been most people, I wouldn't have a chance. But luckily they targeted me because I was an occultist, which means I'm exactly the sort of person that's going to be able to get out of it. But you're right, yeah. I mean, the thing is, people have to be learnt as well that it's okay sometimes to lose, to live. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes. If they want something, it's sometimes better to give it to them rather than get stabbed. It's a classic killed. line for them. You, know, um, you know, if they want some cash or something, it can be easier. The most important thing is to come out alive and, and safe, you know. And I always think of the Magnificent Seven. You know, the there's people a, come out of it. There, there's a, a great line in the Magnificent Seven that says... The life over, over small things, and it happens, you know. 
there was a situation where a guy got a hammer and he thought I'll be okay. So he could have walked away from the situation with a knife. He had walked away. Say, I, 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 I'm a, when you said that earlier, I remember the thing in the uh, Magnificent Seven. The graveyard is full of the young and the foolish. So basically, be, don't be an idiot. If you can walk away, walk away. Exactly, yeah. Because this it was like years ago. It was, it was like it was in the newspaper at the time, and it was terrible because this guy basically was a workman, and he had got away from this guy with a knife, and nothing had happened. So at that point, he he walked away. And he went back with a hammer thinking, I'll get this guy. Now, he couldn't have won. If he had won, he'd have went to jail for a lot for murder. So he's gone at that point, but he didn't. And what happened was the guy with the knife killed him. So then you've got two of them. One guy dead, another guy in jail for killing somebody. For nothing. You know? I mean, at that point, they'd both got lucky because it had finished. They'd walked away. So the other guy, what would have happened? I suppose he would have, they would have got arrested for something. I see, you know, it's ridiculous. It was crazy. You know? But you said that you know, the graveyards are littered with the bold, aren't they? With the young, you know, the impetuous. Uh, but well, that's yeah, and that people say, are we, you not, are, we it's easy, are we, you got to stand your ground? And say, no. If you can walk away, walk away. Because most fights are very ugly and very violent. They don't last nothing like the long in the films. The films is complete bullshit. If you've got someone that's highly trained in martial arts, they probably could beat you up in about a minute flat. If not, if it, not, it'd be a very scrappy, very scrappy. sort of two, three minutes. Yeah. Exactly what do you do if there's like 40 of them? Because you, you can't say that's the only guy. There could just as well be another 39 behind you. Oh, yeah. You know. It's better to his mates. It's right, yeah. I mean, Any more than two, walk away. You've got a chance against two people if you're highly trained. But any more than two, just yeah. leg it. That's right, yeah. I mean, but like you said, you've got to be, if they're really going, you've got to be, uh, you know, highly trained to deal with two. You know. Uh, you're right, yeah. I mean, it's, but like you said, the thing is, though, if you, the trouble with two, as you know, even if you're a tough guy, if you're not highly trained, you're knocking them down. When you knock the second one down, the first one gets back up again. Exactly. You know. You've got to be yeah, highly think, trained to deal with two. I've seen, I've seen somebody... Do randori against two people. It's just basically like fighting two people, yeah. and it and it's a lot harder than people think it is because you have to be on top of one, make sure the other one's on the ground, knock him out, then go down, knock him back. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, my first criteria is just I'm just thinking always coming out whole. <laughs> it is when any situation at all. My first criteria, I'm thinking, okay, how do I get out of this without losing so much as a fingernail? That's all I'm thinking. A lot of people aren't. They're always thinking, you know, image or this. I don't really care, I don't. The way I look at it, I, I don't have to sort of think about that stuff. I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, what my life's like. I'm just thinking of coming out whole. Because the thing is, I know, even if uh, I look bad, I can get home and curse the hell out of this guy when I get back. You know? Exactly. But it is, but the, the, the concept, you know, that people have to always, you know, got to fight it out. You, you don't always have to fight it out, you know. It's normally the worst option. Well, that's why I put to, it in the book. That's why I put it in the book. So I said, if you've got an option of walking away, walk away. Only to be used when necessary. Yeah. And, and like I said, the yeah. weapons, you can use anything as a weapon. You've got yeah. keys. You've got... Most people carry a, a mobile phone. 
People say, how can you use that as a weapon? You've got a flash torch on a mobile phone. Put it on yeah. in someone's eyes. You had a flash torch in your eye. It blinds you for a couple of seconds. Yeah, right, yeah. That's enough time to whack someone, <laughs> if you want to. But as I say, we, we advise people to walk away. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, because otherwise you get that whole hero thing where somehow it's heroic to get yourself half killed. It's not heroic. You, don't, you know, in the same extent, though, if people lose, they shouldn't necessarily feel bad because it might have been necessary to fight. If you have to, if you have to fight and you just do your best, you know, it's no good haranguing yourself your whole life because you got a mark or you got so, or something happened, you know. Uh, well, but you're not going to win every fight. I mean, you look at boxers. They, 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 have, they, they think uh, Mike Tyson, perfect example. He was virtually invincible. He thought he was invincible. Then he lost the fight, and he lost lost the plot. You're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing is, as well though, yeah, do people want to really live that life anyway? Because the thing is, the only way you're going to be able to to, to really uh, be competition for people who really that's their job is to hurt people is to be one of those people that hurts people all the time. You know, it's very difficult. You don't have to put the work they put in it. You know, and they don't, they do that as a nine to five job, some people. Like, if you get someone who's, who's uh, stealing bags, they may just steal bags, but that's their job. If they're doing that nine to five all the time, that's what they're doing for a job, then stabbing people and getting away from people and stuff like that is part of the job. So no. you've got immediate disadvantage because it's what they do. And it's the same with, with other ones, even pickpockets and things like that. You know, it's what they do for a living. So it's quite straightforward. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to be able to deal with this stuff straight away because they know what's happening. They do all the time. You know, if you, if you move away and you avoid it, you know, because I think you tend to get problems most of the time when you stop walking. You know what I mean? I think if you keep walking, it's a difficult target, but you're right, yeah, because people just get so hurt, don't they? Well, you know, I've had, I've had to walk away loads of times. I've had a, I was sitting in a pub one day and this bottle come flying to my head. Lucky it didn't hit me, but I didn't, I didn't react because people said, oh, you should have done this, I should have done that. I said, why should I have done this? Why should I have done that? What would that prove? Nothing. Well, I mean, we're not dirty, Harry, are we? You know what I mean? It's real life, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's a good lesson as well, because that's the thing. If you look at some of these books, they tend to say that, but they don't mean it. You know, what they really mean is you have to get involved and get, you know, but I mean, people get jaws broke and they get, end up having the face pinned back together again. And you may look fine, but your face is being pinned together, it's going to be uncomfortable, you know what happens, you know? I mean, I mean, there was, I won't say, wait, there was a guy who went with Kung Fu and he rallied at these guys in this pub and his entire face was, was pinned together with little pieces because basically it shattered the whole lot, they just shattered his face. You know, and I know that for him that was maybe part of the life, I suppose, or, you know, but who the hell wants to live like that, you know? I always think, <laughs> that, that, that I call them the young guns. There's always a young gun out there who's, who wants to get the top gun. Yeah. And yeah. if you've got a reputation, you know, like that, as you say, they're going to come for you. So I'd rather have the reputation of being a jolly person who doesn't like to get involved in things unless I have to. And even then I'll try to talk my way out of it. Yeah. Well, the thing is as well, though, what do people have to gain out of 
think most people realise there's nothing to gain. <coughs> the way I look at it is this. These people are probably, or in some cases, these people are, are basically uh, at some level in crime. Now, if they win, they get to move up a level. You know what I mean? If they beat somebody apart, they might move up a level, and then eventually they end up some, you know, uh, rich drug lord somewhere. But what the hell does that doesn't help you if you're walking along on your way to Tesco's? That doesn't happen if you win. You know, if you win, nothing happens. You know, there's, there's no corresponding advantage whatsoever. There's but there's happens. also the disadvantage because sometimes it it's interpretation of the law. Because you may have defended yourself when you think you've defended yourself appropriately. But the law might say, oh, you're highly trained in the martial art. You knew how to hurt him. So you end up in trouble. Yeah. That's another good reason for the name, Cartoon Occult Martial Arts. I don't think that's going to work well in court. And they say, well, he has training in martial arts. What was his training? He has a book on Cartoon Occult Martial Arts. I just don't think that's going to sound right. And that means that if they use methods from the book, even if the police want to be really awkward about it, so what? It's, it's Cartoon Occult Martial Arts. Yeah. You know, the best thing they're going to do in evidence is you're going to show your cartoons, and this is Mark Anthony Rain's cartoon of a uppercut, and this is the description, and this is an uppercut within a ritual, and this is the uppercut uh, when used to, in fighting. You know, it, that's not going to look good in court. It works. It's a good book. It works. It's great, but it's going to look terrible in court. For any sort of <laughs> yeah, come on, you did that from there. Yeah, right. Because you look at, the, as you say, any you look at all the so-called proper martial art books, they've got diagram one, diagram two, diagram three. And some very elaborate leg movements that I've never seen in my life. I just put, have a good stance. It always works <laughs> for anything. <laughs> if you can stand right, you can take a punch. You can walk away, you can move away, you can run. <laughs> Don't do all this stupid... Oh, I've got to bend my knee, and I've got to twist my hip, and you, you're going to remember all that when when you're shitting a brick because someone's coming towards you, and they want to knock seven bells of shit out of you. You're going to think, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's the thing with some of these uh, these old kung fu books. I say you, don't, you can't even get the forms now. Is they always had these elaborate pictures. It's every movement that picture. I'm thinking, come on, this doesn't make any sense. Just say, put your hand up in the air. But it's not, you've got to do it this way, and then you move this, and then you do that, these things, and it's, they don't even make any sense. You know? I mean, the only form I can do is the five fists. It's from Xing uh, Yi, and that's the only one I do. Uh, but it's nice and simple. But the thing is, though, the other ones, it's just... There's no logic to them. There isn't. It's just random movements, pretty much, you know. And it's, there's like the break, a single movement down to 20 pictures. I'm thinking, come on, 20 pictures. It doesn't do 20 pictures. You tell them your hands there and you move it there. You know? Well, I know for a fact that when I do my training, because I know my sensei said this, he said, <laughs> if in, in, in the world where we live in, he said, you've got to make sure that if you're going to get into a fight, you're going to know that they're going to hurt you and you'll have to hurt them. So it's your choice whether you want to do this. Yeah, you're right, yeah. And yeah. as you say, you can... I mean, you've heard of stories where someone's accidentally killed someone with one punch. It is possible. It can happen. Yeah, you do, yeah. I mean, it's, 
always think that's a bit of bad luck on both sides, but you do, yeah, yeah, people just get killed with one punch, you know. Uh, but you're right, people do get hurt. I mean, you, you know, you, people lose teeth and they get killed, you know. It's, and the thing is, that's the thing as well, though, how does that help? Because, see, if you get in trouble and you get your leg broken, how the hell do you get home? Exactly. You know, you've created a bigger problem then, because at that point, you, you, your leg's broken. See you, you see you break like to both your thumbs get broken. You then got two broken thumbs, you know, in the middle of somewhere. So if you're in the middle of London and you're visiting, you've got to get to a hotel. You've never got to get to a hotel with two broken thumbs. That's very you painful. Know. Exactly, yeah. But what happens if we lose an eye? It's going to be tricky to, to get anywhere with it with one eye missing. You know, because the other eye is going to be watering. Like I said, if your if your legs gets leg gets broken or you get kneecapped, how do you get home? You might as well be in, in Saudi Arabia, you know, at that point. If you're stuck in any city where you don't know anybody, uh, you know... You're not going to get any sympathy in the city, no. You'll probably mug you and walk away. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you could, you could die anywhere like that. You know, and that's the thing people, I think people miss, is that if you get hurt, how the hell do you get home? You yes, know. we'd rather live a nice, simple life. Well, simples we can, exactly, yeah. simples we can try. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, simple as we can try. Exactly. Nice and calm and simple. <laughs> so, before we go, Miss, would you like to give a link to your wonderful books? Because I like to make sure that people can go out there and buy them. Okay. Um, the best thing you can do actually is go to my website, because if you look there, there is things on there where you can then get the uh, the book straight away I'm just making sure you're still here uh, and that's just to go to www.srob.co.uk that's www.srob.uk now if you find on there and down the top you can press the buttons on the menu to, one of them will take you to Amazon my Amazon page srob's Amazon page there's also a Lulu page where some of the paperbacks are and that's your best bet to go to that hub there uh, and you can find all the books there. You can find, you know, summoning assassins for uh, for occult purposes, and all the books, all the different ones there. Uh, but they're available. They're easy to buy. You just have to click and, and buy them like that, and they get sent to your door. Uh, or if from an e-book, you get them straight away. So yeah. It's funny. Some people prefer e-books because they're easy and, and uh, uh, to um, get them. And some people just prefer the good old-fashioned paperback. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, that book, Cartoon Occult Martial Arts, it's a good, easy one to find. If you put that into Amazon, Cartoon Occult Martial Arts, you'll find the e-book. Uh, I think the paperback you've got on Lulu at the moment. Yeah, it is. I, I, I've ordered a copy. I should be getting mine in two to three days. And once I'll get it, I can peruse it over it and I'll put, I should um, put it deliberately sort of in the background on, on, on the Facebook thing and say, oh, look, there's my book. Oh, I didn't know it was there. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's an interesting point about e-books because I think the thing is, people always say people are reading less e-books than paperbacks. And to be honest, the problem is people don't remember the e-book remember that they read an e-book. So the thing is, because there's not a physical copy, you remember uh, the information from it, you like reading the book, but there's no physical proof that you've read it. Where with a paperback, you know you've read it because you look at it and they've got a solid thing. So I think people are, I think people are reading a lot more e-books than they think they are because 
because they just read them and it's a file on the computer. If you ask them about it, they say yes, they've read that book. But there's no number because there's no number of, of uh, books, you know. Oh, so there's loads and loads of free, kin free Kindle books out there because I've I've read yeah. loads of free ones. Yeah, we see people don't have any physical proof that they've read it. They know they've read it, but they don't know how many. Where with a bookshelf, you can see, wow, there's a bloody big bookcase there, and you know how many you've read. But people have no idea when it's e-books. You know, they know that what if you ask them, they say, oh yes, I read that book, but they don't have a physical copy of it, so they don't know how many. Also, when you've so got a physical copy, because I'll, I'll do this myself, and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not afraid to admit it. I should say, look, that's I helped it right there. <laughs> oh look, yeah. I, I drew the cartoons, you know. That's right, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with a physical book. There's always an element that it's there and you can look at it, you know, whereas e-books you've got to search to find them sometimes, you know. Uh, circulate faster. But the thing is, well, it's that coffee table aspect, because that book's got a lot of, like you said, it's got a lot of cartoons in it. So it's not just a book that's there, it's in full colour. So you can look at it and you can look at the pictures and the cartoons. And it's a good book just to leave on your coffee table because what will happen is people will pick it up and you've got a conversation point. Yeah, and that's why we created it. We, we created the people just to talk. We thought, oh, you know, it is effective, it's simple. It gets you to talk about yeah. it. Hey, if you just want to read it as a book, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. No, I mean, I mean a lot of uh, your old books go into that level where, the, where the, your non-fiction becomes read just to be a book. Like there's loads of these, like, you know, old Victorian manuals on this form of fighting and this and that. And most of the time people just read them to read the books. So you get like ones on, you know, ones on wrestling and this and that. And I don't think many of the people that do it actually practice any of the methods in it. Most of them just read the book or they do it a few times. Uh, and you get ones on, you know, on the art of the sword. So you maybe, they maybe do it sometimes with a stick. And then they just leave it and they just read, like to read the book to get an insight into what it's like in that time in history, you know. <coughs> and that will happen with that book. Well, I definitely, if I would ended up getting a black belt, if I, you know, through my proper, like the I'm doing at the moment, I would definitely try to set up my own version of cartoon occult martial arts. Yeah. I, and I would incorporate yeah. occultism in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. What I think, though, a lot of the time is, is that, like I said, it, it opens it up for people a bit because it's a bit wacky. People will go into it. People will read it. But otherwise they wouldn't. Because like I was saying, 50 years' time, you will find, people will find that that book will become huge. Because what you'll have is, you'll have people looking back 50 or 60 or even 100 years' time, and they'll be looking through all these books, some which probably still aren't in the public domain, but be looking through them anyway, all these scanning books. And you'll have all these ones, the art of self-defense, and the sons of so-and-so, and all these people who are doing these uh, self-defense manuals, you know, and the art of grappling and all this. You'll be going through, and you'll have cartoon occult martial arts, and the look of this is, sounds great, and they'll go through it. And it'll be massive. It will. You know, you'll have people going through it, you'll have people debating it and saying that, well, you know, we can't do it for this, and we can do it for that. And you'll have people making their own versions up of it. You will, it'll be huge, because it'll stand out that much. I think so. It's very, it's very popular when I put it on. I've, I've had good, good, re good reviews. I mean, that's all I can do. I mean, what will happen, like I said, is you'll have people who will read it just to understand the guys that, that wrote it. 
you'll get people looking and say, well, won't have a look at this to understand what these guys are like. And then what you'll have then, you know, you'll have like bloody, uh, your 100 years time or like 80 years time, you'll have people who are big fans and they'll say, oh, Mark Anthony Reigns. And they'll say, yes, and he did the cartoons for this. And you'll have a whole, you'll have clubs that have a huge fan following, you know. <laughs> and you'll have the whole underground martial art thing where people will do we it. Love just it love You'll have people doing it because it stands out from everything else. But it's not what the other ones do. That all the other ones are doing this and whatever's popular at the time, and they'll be doing a cartoon of cult martial arts. Well, Robbie, we'll have to sign off now. But I'd like to thank you personally for help helping me write this book and encouraging me in doing the cartoons. And I am very honoured that you let me do this because you didn't have to, and I'm very appreciative of it. It's great, you know. I like to, to write books with people. I do. If you know, if there's someone that that uh, is a good person, knows what they're talking about, you know. So I don't write many books with people, but it was it was it was a pleasure to write with you, Mark. It really was. Oh yes. As I say, I always like to be grateful because that's the way I was brought up. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, let's be honest. That book wouldn't have worked without both of us. The way it's done, it could only been done, you know, by by these two people. You know, the two people talking here. Well, you know uh, more about cult wisdom than I ever know. And I know a little bit about fighting, martial arts. I'm not an expert by any shape or means, but nobody is. There's no, even the best senseis in the world are forever training. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, as well, though, it's what you've done is you've created a plasticity because the cartooning in it means the people can go and uh, basically they look at it and say they can do it because you see these martial arts tend to have this image of oh maybe you can't do it maybe you won't do it right but when you look at a cartoon you think well I can try it and if it doesn't well, if I'm not very good at it it's okay because the main benefit people will get from, from most of this stuff is the fitness aspect they'll get a little bit fitter or maybe a lot fitter and what happens then is they don't get diabetes and they don't die that way because most people die through through ill health you know most people don't get killed most people die through chips and stuff like that you know so we've just saved a lot of people uh, from ill health we've done well that's why I put in the basic exercises it's only like basically punching for three minutes and doing kicks for three minutes and people say oh that's not odd but you would be surprised how much it takes an effort out of your body yeah but the thing is it's a thing as well because most of the exercise people do it's just like press ups and and lifting things but the trouble is if we do too much of that you sometimes get too rigid we're actually doing things like as you said punching and and walking and stuff like that it tends to make the body a a bit different a bit more flexible you know you're doing actual things then, things that are more interesting for people as well, you know. Well, not everybody can lift weights. I mean, I'm getting to the stage, I might have to give up some of it because my body's pulling and pushing a little bit more than it used to. But yeah. you've got, everybody gets to that age, so you have to adapt to something. You think, they know, I'll do that instead, you know. That's right, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, but like I said, that'll get a huge following. You know, not just now, it's following, but as, it, as the years pass, that'll get larger. Because you get more and more people that'll be looking for something to do something that isn't serious. Where, where they can take it, they don't have to take it as hard if they don't want to. Where they can do manageable chunks and manageable bits and go from there.
I personally think you're you'll just be as famous as well, Mr. Rob, because I think your 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 cultism, although it's like as you say, some people don't fully understand it at the moment, but when they get a chance to actually read your books, they they realise, hey, oh, I could try that. You're right, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's not just you need to know this stuff because other people know it as well. This stuff's always existed, and sometimes the whole point is to have it not to use. You know. Sometimes you need to know this occultism so the other person knows that you know it. Uh, because otherwise you make a very easy target. I know you've but helped you know, me out in the past of helping me with curses and just in case a guy helping uh, got a thing protecting me if anything that comes my way. Yeah, I mean we should all have protective magic, but yeah, I mean, but that's what people need. People can't remove occultism from society. It needs to be here because basically it's winning most of our wars that we win. Uh, and when you get occultists that don't take part, they go on a long time, these wars. Because I think most people are getting killed with stray, with stray bullets. I don't think most people in wars are getting killed deliberately. I think most of it's just friendly fire, you know. It's the curses that are doing it, basically. And you take those away, these wars last for ages when there's no one doing anything. Uh, so you can't remove it from society and it heals people and it does everything. It's a multi-purpose tool. So, you know, it's multi-purpose, you've got to cover all the aspects, but yeah, you know, it's a little bit misunderstood, but, you know, it doesn't bother me, because you know what, occultism is for the people, as in it's for everybody, I don't really bothered if these big companies don't want uh, occultism, or they don't want people to have occultism, because it's not for them, I'm not thinking about the big government, the big organisations, I'm thinking about the everyday person, they need it, so as long as they get it, as long as some of them read it and they choose to get it, then I think I've done my job. I quite agree with you. And I, that's why I do my podcasting, and that's why I do anything. I have a go, I have a theory in life. I have a go at it. If it doesn't work, fine. But nobody can say, I didn't try. That's right, yeah. As I say, God loves a try. That's what they say, don't they? Well, my wife says you give me... My wife says I'm a bit, proper, bit of a trier, but I don't know what she's saying. Yeah, I like that one. So I should give the website off again. That's www.srob.co.uk Thank you, Mr. Rob. I shall put this on, and I'm sure people will listen. And I shall give you the connection. I shall double-check to make sure the calling is OK. If not, I shall do some, I shall do some magic on it, and it will work. OK, thanks a lot. Thank you for your giving me your time a day, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. That went okay, didn't it?